better late than never, a soccer show has made it to town. You are listening to the Orlando Derby. Happy Monday, Orlando. Welcome to Orlando Derby. You are now a part of the most listened to, the highest rated soccer radio program in all of Central Florida. I am your host, Doc. I will be joined by Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles, here in just a little bit here on this program. Our soccer Sherpa, Simon Vaness, is off on top secret assignment, but he was kind enough to pre-record his four-minute monologue for this week, so we will have that for you later on in the program as well. A lot to get to. There was so much soccer over the weekend and a lot involving teams that we follow here on Orlando Derby, including the United States women's national team capping off a repeat as World Cup champions. They have never finished lower than third in the eight World Cups that have happened. They've won half of them. It was an absolutely fantastic match to watch, and here's what it sounded like. It has been a lot of fun watching these women dominate the rest of the world. Alex Morgan plays for the Orlando Pride, and we're going to get to a little bit of the Orlando Pride later, especially the fact that they have nine players in the World Cup that are on the Orlando Pride roster. But Alex Morgan of the Orlando Pride had a great postgame interview. Here's a little bit of what that sounded like. This team is something special, and just to, to do it back-to-back is pretty incredible. But I feel like we had a hard route to the final, and, um, and Netherlands played extremely well, and eventually we overcame, and, and i just proud of this team. We felt confident, you know. We, yeah. we felt like we, it was going to take us maybe a little bit to gain momentum through the tournament. It's a long tournament. Obviously, Jill did incredible with um, – just like the fatigue factor and making sure that every player, every field player was played on the field, which is such great um, team management. So um, just credit to her and, and credit to this team for keeping our heads and just like playing our roles to a T. That's the Orlando Pride's own Alex Morgan. The United States women's national team coached by Jillian Ellis. You heard her reference Jill there in her quote. And I'm not much for uh, some of the coach speak that goes on in post-game pressers. I am a sucker for anything involving family. And all of us have been there with our moms that Jillian Ellis experienced on the dais during her post-game press conference. I'm assuming it was valid. Oh, my goodness. Is that you? 
Oh, I think that's me. It's probably my mother FaceTiming me, so excuse me one second. It is, Mom. Sorry, can't talk right now. All right, sorry about that. <laughs> She's probably pissed. She's Scottish. All right. It's very loud where you are. Are you at Zumba class? We'll get to more of the United States women's national team winning the World Cup a little later on in the program. Their counterparts on the men's side, not so lucky in the Gold Cup final. Jimenez brought it down. Jimenez Dos Santos and off the bar. It was coming from Mexico. And it's Jonathan Dos Santos who puts him in front. Goes backwards to Bradley. Referee looks at his watch again. There's the whistle. Mexico wins the Gold Cup. Guardado will lift the trophy. Mexico have won the 2019 CONCACAF Gold Cup. The United States men's national team put on a valiant effort, but they do lose to Mexico at Soldier Field 1-0. After the match, Michael Bradley was asked about what stage he believes the men's national team is after this match. We're in the stage of five minutes after losing a final, so we'll... uh... We'll stick together in the in, in this moment, um, and, and we'll leave the rest for in the days to come. Um, you know, certainly proud of the proud of the group, proud of what we were about. You know, throughout the tournament, I think we continue to move forward. I think we continue to make progress. We just got to keep going. That's Michael Bradley of the United States men's national team. Orlando City was in action twice since we have last been on the air here at Orlando Derby. A debacle of a match against the Philadelphia Union here at Orlando City. I'm sorry, Exploria Stadium going down 3-1 to the Philadelphia Union after being down two men during the match. A couple of red cards that some City fans find questionable. Our soccer Sherpa says that they were the right call. Orlando tried to get some revenge back in Philadelphia. It was rained out, and they had to postpone the match until yesterday. So now Orlando City gets to play yesterday and coming up in the World, uh, the U.S. Open Cup match against NYCFC here in Orlando on Wednesday. So thanks to MLS for that. We really appreciate it. Our very own Simon Vaness, our soccer Sherpa, provided color commentary for the radio broadcast on our sister station, 104.1. So we're going to indulge ourselves a little bit, have a little bit more color commentary in our highlights of the Philadelphia Union match in Philadelphia yesterday. Bottom of the radio dial, Fafa, left foots it into the box, headed on, and it is a goal in the fourth minute. That is not the way we wanted to start. Fabian with the goal. And the assist goes to Fafa Pakalt, and that is Fabian's fourth on the campaign. It's almost like I put the mockers on them by saying they were playing a nice disciplined line, and unfortunately just nobody picks up Fabian in the, pretty much in the middle of the penalty area there. Um, he has a free header, and he flicks it on beautifully. That's no chance for, for Rowe to really make any play on that ball. It's always going in the corner. And that's a real body blow for, for Orlando City this early in the game. We're back to them conceding early goals again, and that's not good. The goal scorer will come out here in the 67th minute. Sergio Santos, the Brazilian, coming in for the Mexican. Set piece, Nani serving it into the box. Goal. And a goal by <laughs> Dwyer off the back of his head. We're even in the 67th. Welcome to the game, Nani. Welcome back, Dom Dwyer. Wonderful. 
quality ball into the box and that there's Dom in the perfect place to do what he does best. The fox in the box. Bang. There we go. 1-1. Nani will serve this one up. Dwyer's afternoon is over. And Nani will serve us up. Dwyer with his fifth on the season. That one's driven. Loose ball. (laughs) Patino back of the net. Talk about coming in and making a statement in the first 10 seconds that you're on the pitch. Patino gets us a lead. 2-1 in the 81st. Way to go, the rookie. What a terrific piece of awareness to be right in the right place. Blake mishandled the header. Should have done better. And all of a sudden, Patino's right on the spot. He's two yards out. You can't miss those. But he did the hard work putting himself in exactly the right spot. Real. Smith was able to head it out. Shabilko, who's been very quiet. Real. Shabilko. We're tied at two apiece in the 90th minute. Just that space opened up again just where you couldn't afford it. Shabilko found it and obviously put it away with, with some aplomb there. No no chance for Rowe. But you just have to think that that concentration just wavered. There's three defenders there. Nobody picked him up. Great job by Simon Vaness doing the color commentary for the Orlando City soccer match on our sister station. Real Radio 104.1. Orlando City ends it with a draw. A point on the road I will take. Not as good as three, given the back-to-back situation with the Philadelphia Union. But now Orlando City have 22 points with a 6-4-9 record. One below the red line, which is occupied by Toronto FC in the seventh spot. 14 below the first-place Union. We have more to get to here on Orlando Derby. Our soccer Sherpa Simon will present his four-minute monologue and will bring on Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles, who has a bone to pick with the United States Women's National Team. We'll get to that next on Orlando Derby. There is a lot to celebrate in the world of soccer, and we here at Orlando Derby. Use our soccer Sherpa, Simon Vaness, to guide us through the soccer world. He and his lovely wife, Susan, wrote the definitive book on Orlando City Soccer, Defying Expectations, Phil Rollins and the Orlando City Soccer Story. Pick it up on Amazon or on our website, orlandoderby.com. Simon gives us a four-minute monologue every week that sums up what's going on in the soccer world. He is on top secret assignment tonight. So he had to pre-record his monologue, but he is dedicated to the program, and we appreciate that. So without further ado, Simon Vaness, our soccer Sherpa, and his four-minute monologue. Take it away, Simon. Well, that was the weekend that was, soccer fans. An absolutely rip-snorting, rip-roaring, all-action fiesta of drama, thrills, and pure sporting theatre in six acts that upped the ante for spectacle at practically every turn. If you weren't entertained by that pantheon of soccer sensation, you need to get a check-up from the neck up. It was the Women's World Cup. It was MLS action. It was the Orlando Pride. It was Orlando City. It was the US men's national team. And it was even a Copa America final for the ages with a kind of histrionics you don't often see on an elementary school playground. In short, it was fabulous. The kind of pure, unadulterated sports you can often wait a long time to see. And it was all distilled into two days of absolute soccer mayhem of the best kind. 
we might wait a long, long time before we witness two days of such intense action again. The US women, of course, took centre stage with their fabulous, nay, dominant performance in the World Cup final, fully deserving their platform as the world's most preeminent team, crowned by the irrepressible Megan Rapinoe, who deservedly gets to highlight her career on the biggest stage of all in front of a record audience for women's soccer. All hail the Pino. But that was only after Sweden and England served up the tastiest of appetisers in the third-place playoff game, which proved that there are no such things as meaningless games in soccer, as both teams went hell for leather into a game that once again showcased the style, quality and heart of the sport for all to see. Then we went breathlessly into an evening of league action, Only for Orlando City, it was one of frustration and angst, forced to sit idly by as the Philadelphia weather refused to let them kick off against the Union, and then have to rearrange the game at short notice for the following day, knowing they have a huge US Open Cup quarterfinal at home to New York City on Wednesday, and one less day to prepare for it. That was partly offset by the good news from Exploria Stadium on Saturday night, a rare and fully deserved win for the Pride, who, despite still being without some of their marquee players, put together a 4-3 win against the high-flying Washington spirit that was high on grit and courage, if a bit short in its defensive capacity. But a win is a win and it was a much-needed one for Orlando's women, as it gives them a platform for the second half of the season. With all-world icon Marta driving them forward, there is good reason to think they can still do it. And they deserve your support, Orlando. There were barely 3,000 there on Saturday night, but surely we can do better than that. This is a spirited, hard-working team that cares about their badge. Let's show them that we care too. And then there was Sunday, epic sporting drama in Lyon in France as the USA triumphed again, with a really physical, gutsy and assertive performance to underline their dominance of the women's game. There are no arguments about the world's best right now. Then we went to Rio and witnessed the possible rebirth of Brazil as a world force in their 3-1 win over a spirited Peru, but not before Gabriel Jesus put on the kind of petulant little boy display that is usually reserved for kindergarten timeouts. The kid clearly cares, though, and the future of Brazilian soccer is brighter as a result. The US men's team failed in their quest to topple longtime rivals Mexico in the Gold Cup final, but there was still enough on show to think that Greg Berhalter is moving his team in the right direction. There is talent aplenty here, and he just needs to harness it and get everyone moving in the right direction, which is a tough task for such a disparate group. And, in the middle of it all, we had Orlando City, battling it out in the delayed game at Philly with a mixture of grit, defensive fortitude and spirit, holding the conference leaders to a 2-2 draw that was both surprising and welcome after last Wednesday's unfortunate shorthanded 3-1 defeat at Exploria Stadium. Head coach James O'Connor rang the changes, fully nine of them, 
ahead of the cup game and was rewarded with a crafty performance that came so close to bagging all three points and totally deserved the one they came away with that keeps playoff hopes firmly alive. Yes, that was the weekend that was, folks, but it doesn't stop there. Wednesday's Cup game is also high on the list of drama prospects, and then there's another home game on Saturday, with the chance to make league progress at home to Columbus, while the Pride travel to Portland with renewed hope of NWSL improvement. Don't look away yet. This sport still has infinite scope to impress. Back to you, Doc. Thank you very much, Simon. That is our soccer Sherpa, Simon Vaness. He is on top secret assignment tonight, but was still able to put together that monologue for us, and we appreciate it. Simon and I are joined every week by Lord Commander of the UCF Night's Watch. He is Charles. Welcome back to the program, sir. Well, glad to be back here every Monday, infecting the people's ears. So, so much going on in the world of soccer. I know you want to start with Orlando City, so we'll get to what you have to say about the United States women's national team and their celebration in just a bit. But Orlando City, your thoughts overall on the one point in two matches versus the Union? Uh, Our home game against them was absolutely horrible. Uh, That's what I have come to expect from our team. I was a very optimistic, you know, person for many seasons, but that what we saw with the 3-1 and the red cards and the, all of that stuff, that's what I kind of understand is how we play. Um, whenever we do play well, I, I always think of that more as an abomination <laughs> because these I don't know what our problem is, but I have been, I have been shown very, very, very little over the last few years uh, to kind of take me away from that. So that was kind of just par for the course, of course. You know, we're still below the red line as usual. Um, and then we went there, and, man, it was close. And it was, you know, they, they went up, and we went up, and, it, you know, and then we had the lead. Um, and then at the 90th minute, they, they, you know, we collapsed. And I just, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't like, that, that's the worst way to lose to me, um, is, is when all you have to do is just not screw up. Um, all you have to do is just, you know, just basically park the bus. You know, stay to your man, cut off lanes, do just the basic that you have to do. It's the most, to me, the most simple in sports. You know, if you've got the lead in basketball, just protect the ball. You know, if you're in football, just run it. But in soccer, just clog that goal area and just kick it out. Keep doing it till the time runs out. So yeah, that, I was very, yeah, very that, disappointed. That one hurt, especially being on the other end of extra time. On so many occasions as a City fan, you knew that eventually it was going to come back and, and even out. Yeah, it, it's absolutely the worst because when you do it, you're so excited and you're like, oh, man, how did they screw it up? Yeah, and then when you do it, and it, that's a badly needed three points. This isn't like a trivial game. You know, that three points would have put us in really good, you know, space. I'm just glad that the Eastern Conference is just so trash right now that with the way we're playing, we're, we're almost still in it. We are um, absolutely think, still in it. There's only well, one point separating Toronto at the red line and Orlando. Yeah, if if the playoffs were next week, but don't forget we have we have a few more months of this. We have like what three, four more months of this, basically. Like, well, not four more, but we we have like three more months of this, and 
I don't, I just don't know what they're going to do. I really don't, uh, because it, it, they just, they seem lost. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they'll play great. Sometimes they won't, you know, should we get better strikers? We have, you know, Nani, uh, we got Mueller coming in Dwyer. Awesome. Awesome header. Like awesome. That's the way he needs to play. But what are we going to be getting week after week? You know, I, I just don't. Yeah, they don't I'm play with much consistency, yeah. but they absolutely However, need to find somebody that can finish. That's their biggest problem. They need someone who can finish. I love Dwyer. I love Nani, but Tesho's been playing great, but they just have not been able to finish on a higher, a high enough percentage of their chances, and it is no longer a statistical anomaly. They need someone who can finish. Exactly, but we do have the Open Cup, and I think that they will get their juice up for that. And so the MLS team to me is a different team to me than the Open Cup team. I've watched that Open Cup team play with heart and, and passion and just venom. And that's not the same team I see trotting around when we play MLS, you know, the MLS league, even though we're the same teams. I think that they get it. I think that they know that this is where, you know, where they should put their effort. And by God, we have got to win. He is Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles my partner in crime here on Orlando Derby. He has some issue with the United States women's national team. We'll get to that a little bit more city talk and the Orlando pride coming up on Orlando Derby. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Orlando Derby. I'm your host, Doc, want to thank Simon Vanessa, our soccer Sherpa, for his four-minute monologue earlier in the program. Also joining me tonight, Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles. Welcome back to the program, sir. Oh, man, it's always good to be infecting the people's ears on the radio. All right, so the United States women's national team been making headlines for two weeks in their dominant World Cup march to a second title. This is a team, Charles, who has won half of the Women's World Cups that have ever happened, four out of eight, never finished lower than third. Uh, I believe they have three bronzes and a silver. And, again, back-to-back World Cup championships, doing America proud, or at least so I thought until I started talking to you before the show. Yeah, man, look, we we dominate this. At the beginning of all this, I remember you had that – that that writer on who was who I don't remember who she picked but she picked somebody else other than the U.S. France. It and was Caitlin Murray. Yeah, and then and then and you asked me and I was like, you what? Like we dominate it so much. It's not much. I mean, I wouldn't say it's not much of a competition, but come on, only four teams have ever won the Women's World Cup. U.S. has won four of them. Germany's won two. Japan and Norway have won the other ones, right? We we absolutely dominate it for diff- for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, we're we're in a great country. Uh, you know, it, you you can say that you know our women's sports don't get the funding that our men's sports do, but our women's sports get more funding than pretty much every other country. Well, on the right? college level, they receive the exact same amount of funding they have to. That's Title Nine. 
Well, yes. Okay. So that that yeah. You mean you, you got that? But I mean in terms of like putting the effort behind the teams and all of this stuff. Like a lot of these other women's countries, you know, they just started getting soccer programs or you know things of that nature. You know, after we did, right? So we're we're the blue buds when it comes to it. So we're going to keep racking up these you know wins because I mean if you if you look at it from from this one perspective, right? I I had a lot of arguments with my friends. Why aren't the men doing so good? Look, you have to if you're a kid who's athletic, you've got a plethora of sports to choose from that is going to take you maybe away from soccer. If you're a woman and you really want to be athletic, you can play basketball or soccer. You know, at a team level you know, at that high of a level. So they're getting the best athletes that we have that are that women athletes in this country, which is showing how great we are and how awesome that, that it is that they just completely dominate. I did not for a second waste a single, like, sweat deed thinking that they wouldn't win this tournament. I was honestly, like, thought that they should probably have scored more goals. Like, they, it, they just look so much better than everybody else out there. Really? Until, so they, they win back-to-back World Cup titles, and your critique is they didn't score enough. No, it's not my critique. I'm I'm just saying I, I I wouldn't have been surprised if they did. I was like, wow, you know, like we are that dominant when it comes to women's soccer. It's not a question. It's like when the men's basketball team goes in the Olympics, right? It's not a question of if we're going to win. It's who are we going to beat and how are we going to look on the way doing it, right? But but the, what I saw after the game, right? So after the game, everyone was you know applauding the team and. You know, they're all in this big, you know, happy frenzy of all this stuff. And, you know, okay, you know, great win. I, I tweeted out some stuff about how, like, basically we own the sport. We should call it soccer now, right? Like, for the women at least. Uh, so, it, you know, like, like it's called soccer now. We own this sport. And then I started seeing the videos uh, of what happened after the celebration. So um, Simon gave a very glowing review of the team cap- uh, captain, Megan Rapinoe, and about how she's great and lifted all these people. Um, but I'm taking a different view of this. Uh, first off, there's the whole controversy with her and the president, and I know a lot of people don't want to go see the president and all this for their political reasons. Um, you know, you can make a case if you're, a, uh, you know, like a Steph Curry or somebody playing in the NBA or something. But if you play for the national team, like, that to me is just completely asinine. And then she doesn't want to sing the national anthem, which is fine, a lot of people don't sing the national anthem. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know, that's not a big deal, but she's doing it out of protest. So clearly she's got something. And then at the very end of the game, after she's gotten all her trophies and her big laudations and everyone's patting themselves on the back about how they're single-handedly saving America from Trump and all his supporters and all this stuff, uh, her and Allie Long and, 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 uh, and, and our girl Alex Morgan go off in the corner to do a celebration. Got no problem with that. I love showboating. If you win, it's fine. You can't showboat enough. However, Allie Long's got the American flag in her hand. Uh, Rapido looks at the flag, and you can see this in the video, basically kind of gives her the look to discard it. Allie Long throws it on the ground. I don't know if she steps on it, not like in an angry way, but I don't know if her foot's on it or not. And then the hero is, 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 uh, is O'Hara. She comes in and snatches it off the ground real quick. Uh, you know, and they continue to do their me, 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 me celebration thing. And, you know, you can talk about the culture war that this country is in and about how Nike comes out with this commercial about how they're, you know, the real America and then this and that and all that stuff. But for them to do that and for Rapinoe, who 
is on record saying she doesn't want to go to the White House and she doesn't sing the national anthem and she's doing this protest and that protest to just basically tell her, you know, teammate to throw the flag on the ground. Um, that's absolutely pathetic. That is that is just the lowest thing you can do as a national team player who just won a victory for our country. Now, but they, isn't there something to be said, though, that this is less about her and more about the handlers of the team? This girl's job is to play soccer, not to know flag etiquette. That's dude, dude, don't even – every person growing up knows that you don't, like, let the flag touch the ground. It's like a joke. So not like, anymore, you know, you gotta, Charles. This is not the yeah, same country she, that we, you and I grew up in. She's older than me. She, 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 she's, if not my age, she's close to it, man. She's not a, she's not a millennial. She's not from – she's not, you know, born in 2000. Like, she knows that you don't throw – the nation's flag on the ground, not just accidentally let it drop or just let it touch. You know, that's fine. Like, throw it on the ground to celebrate a victory for your nation. In a stupid-looking celebration, I might add. Like, that was, I mean, I'm just an old man with gray hair, and that's fine. I can live with that. Just get off my lawn and I'll yell at a cloud. But that celebration was so ridiculously stupid. And they're copying men. That celebration is what a lot of male soccer players do. So for all of this woman empowerment, they're still trying to copy the men, and they're doing this, which is offensive to a lot of people. And you can go back and forth with people and say, well, you're not offended by this or offended by that. Look, someone throwing the flag on the ground is just, especially when you're making all these political statements, right? If it just happened to be somebody who was on the team, you know, who just was like, oh, I'm excited. Oh, I just accidentally threw it on the ground. I wasn't thinking. No, there, there was clear, deliberate, like, hey, look at that. Lose that flag. We're going to do this big picture. We're going to use it. And, of course, it's on everything. You can see this picture of them and everything. And what you don't see or what is blurred out in the background is O'Hara bending down to pick up the flag that they have thrown while their hands are raised in this big, you know, iconic moment and all this stuff. So the, the glad handing and all this other stuff, is just gone by the wayside. They, they, I, I, I won't support them. Um, I'm not going to support this this group of people that do that. That's that's not cool because, you know, I've got friends that have served and other things that have no, they they have no dog in the fight when it comes to you know like kneeling for the anthem or this or that. But they were honestly kind of mad that they saw that when they when I, I posted on my Facebook page and they were kind of mad that they saw that. They were like, why, why would somebody just do that? when they play for the national team, like this is, you're wearing our colors on your jerseys. How stupid are you like to do that? I I don't know. Like, so all this patting on the back and great for gender and all this stuff, that's gone, man. I mean, if you want to stand by that, then, then something's wrong with you. I don't know. I can't group all of them together. Like Rapinoe is obviously one of of their leaders. I'm I'm talking about the leaders. Like, those ones that were up there, the rest of the team, especially O'Hara, who came in like a hero to come pick it up real quickly, you know, like the ones that were off kind of doing the me, me, me celebration, which I'm fine with, but they dropped the flag. Like it would have been a great picture if, you know, Ali Long had the flag draped across her back or whatever, you know, and people could talk about flag code. They shouldn't be used to be draped or this or that. You definitely don't throw the flag down on the flag code. So, you know, that's like just a sign of disrespect. So, I mean, and people do that to make a political point. I mean, just in this weekend, people were burning flags in D.C. I mean, it, it they were a political point. Yeah, oh, yes, man. At, at, on the 4th of July, there was a huge kerfuffle 
you know, people were, you know, going and burning flags in front of the White House and all that stuff. You know, people do that. It's something that they do. There's some people that do that. It's protected by the First Amendment. You're not going to be arrested for doing it. You might be arrested for causing a fire in public, but not for actually burning the flag, right? So, you know, like, but, but people do that. So this was an act of, of politics that wasn't something as simple as, like, raising your fist on the Olympics, you know, or anything. You're throwing the flag down, and that just – any goodwill, I think – I think the media, the national media should have covered this a little bit more rather than just ignoring it. It wasn't a little accident, and it involved the most, like, kind of outspoken leader, like, basically giving the okay, like, hey, she looks down her friend's hand, kind of gives her the head nod, like, toss it. I don't know. So so, so when I hear all this stuff about the women's team now, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't want to – when this group goes, maybe I'll start, you know, supporting the next group. 407-916-TALK, 1-800-729-TALK. If you would like to join the program, you can also find us on the Twitter machine at Orlando Derby or text us 50857. I'm joined by Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles, who is none too pleased with some members of the United States Women's National Team. We'll talk a little bit more about the women winning the World Cup, what it means for the Orlando Pride, and look ahead to Orlando City's U.S. Open Cup match this Wednesday at Exploria Stadium against NYCFC. That's next on Orlando Derby. Soccer is nothing without its supporters' voices. We want to hear them. Call Orlando Derby now at 407-916-TALK or text us at 50857. Welcome back to Orlando Derby. So pleased you could join us. We are heard every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. live right here on FM 96.9 The Game. You can also hear us on the iHeartRadio app. It's where you can find archived episodes of the program as well. So please click that subscribe button, would you? We would appreciate that very much. Lord Commander of the UCF Night's Watch, Charles, joins me every week here. He is a fellow member of the Iron Lion Firm. And not too pleased with the United States women's national team. Charles, I understand even though you were on your soapbox for an entire segment regarding the women's national team, you, you left something out. Oh, yeah. Well, so one of my friends had, had brought this point up earlier, and I know that somebody who's listening might try to bring it up about nationalism and how it's stupid and all this other stuff. They're playing for the national team. So, like, if you're going to play for a nation, you should basically just kind of not throw its flag on the ground that at the very, very minimum, you don't have to stand and do flips for the national anthem, but at the very minimum, you should just, you know, not defile the flag. But anyway, we can move on to happier subjects. Oh, okay. Like Orlando city only getting a point over the weekend. Well, exactly. Well, over the week, I guess they had a match last Wednesday against the union and then a match scheduled for Saturday, which ended up being yesterday, which means they will have two days rest before they have to take on NYCFC in the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinals. I'm so excited about this match, Charles, but it's driving me nuts that they have to play on such short rest, especially given I think they've played 37 games in the last 49 days. Well, if anything from being a UCF fan has taught me, it's that people will rise to the occasion. Don't forget that when we went undefeated that wonderful season, we had uh, two hurricanes, uh, well, well two, two games, I guess, taken away because uh, of the hurricane, and they had to play all the rest of that time with, with, with no break. So, and that's football, right? So, 
You know, like, I'm certain that these guys can get up. Maybe that's why they were playing lackadaisical. I don't know. Um, They they didn't look at when they were playing uh, Philadelphia at Philadelphia. They didn't look like they were certainly playing lazy. The red cards usually come from laziness, you know, that kind of like you're behind the ball. That was a red card. When the dude, like, slid behind him and kid his leg, that's a red card. Anybody that's trying to say it was. Yeah. And, you know, that was a red card. As much as I hate to say it, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word is, truthful. I guess what bothers me, though, is as a sports fan – if that foul right there is what causes Orlando City to be down a man, I'm either not a fan of the call or not a fan of the rule. You can't tell me that was a goal-scoring opportunity. He was 35 yards away. He didn't have the ball. So, no, I'm not buying that at all. Like, for a, as a, the question thing, yeah. It even looks like he targets the ankle, which I'm sure he didn't do, but it, the optics are really bad on that. So I get that oh, red card, and I just can't understand how something like that would end up leading – to a team being a man down. It did not look like something that was red card worthy in the grand scheme of things I'm talking, not just the definitive letter of the law. Sorry, I, I meant I meant the question thing was a red card. The other one, uh. I I don't know, man. Uh, look, re- <laughs> we have gotten screwed by the refs so much over these years that I don't – I'm just numb to it. I really am. Like, I, I you know, if I'm not there in person to cuss the ref out to his face, uh, there's not much I do about it. I just go, okay, here we go again. But this game coming up against NYCFC is huge. And I'm going to say it, it's the biggest game we've played in since being in the MLS. I don't uh, – yeah, it, I mean, it is. Because if we can make it past this, we're in the, what, semifinals, right? Yes, against either Atlanta United or St. Louis FC, whoever wins uh, the match that's going on at the same time as ours. Right. So that's gigantic because that means we either play another hated rival or we get to play, a, I wouldn't call them a nobody team because we were once that nobody team, but we, 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 we're, we're playing somebody who's pretty much you know, out of their depth and is just at this point, that's all they're doing to survive, right, is it, it, just try to – Try to stay up with the big boys. Um, and, and, and having been a fan when we were in the USL, there's a gigantic difference. And I love – Oh, yeah. I love that Orlando City is getting behind this. They're lowering ticket prices to get people into the stadium. They're lowering concession prices, so it's not going to be as expensive to go out and check out the match. I know it's the middle of the week, but if you're going to go to a match, this is one of the matches to go to. I'm really looking forward to it. I really want a semifinal match. I think that would be fantastic. Go to Orlando City. I'm sorry, Exploria Stadium. Enjoy the match against NYCFC because for me, like I said a million times, Charles, I would much rather win the U.S. Open Cup than the MLS Cup. Well, this year I'm – well, I wouldn't say win the MLS Cup, but this year I'm with you and your sentiments towards the U.S. Open Cup. I think this is our only saving grace uh, because I, I just don't see us making the playoffs, to be honest. I mean, I don't see it. Oh, ye uh, of little faith. Really, Come on now. We're really, yeah, but we're really close. But what have we ever get? What have they given us to make us believe? Like they, 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 they constantly will make five passes too many. They don't have somebody who's wanting to put it in, and the guys that they do have that want to put it in just can't get the ball right, or it's not working out. Like it's just, I don't know, man. So I, I, I would, 
I wish I could be more positive because I know that, you know, people listen to this and they don't want to just hear negativity. But I have to be the voice of, you know, the who I am, right? So I'm the average dude. And I don't mean every person in the, in the supporter section is like that, but a lot of us are, man. We go to the games and support the team because, one, that's what we do at this point. We take pride in supporting the team, whether they're good or bad. Because if we stop, that means we lose, and we're never going to lose. And, two, we, you know, it's fun to go to games. I wish I could go on Wednesday. I, am, I have a bunch of things that I have to do that I cannot get out of. Trust me, I would be there in a millisecond. I love it. I love the atmosphere when the games are meaningful as a game itself, not, not in a long stream, but like win or go home. Because every goal then, is a, it, it's, it's like amplified by 10 like when they score. Like if they score a goal, you know, and, and you win 2-1 in the MLS season, it's a drop in the bucket for the whole season. But, man, if you can put a goal up like we did and, you, you know, and just keep it going, that's just a feeling of, of life. The playoffs are awesome, and I know soccer has their history of points and stuff, but, man, like like life and death kind of tournaments, you know, like sudden death, like lose and go home, those are the best, man. Those are just absolutely the best because everything counts. Every red card, every injury, everything counts. He is Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles. He joins me here on Orlando Derby every single Monday. Charles, thank you so much for joining the program. Do you have any parting shots? Get out there on on Wednesday. Help us cheer on NYCFC. You ain't got no history. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, extend this, like, run by, by one more game, and then maybe we can take on Atlanta United. And, oh, boy, we can win that one. That would be incredible. Thank you so much, Charles. We will talk to you next week. Power to the purple. That is Lord Commander of the UCF Knights Watch, Charles. Thank you so much to him for joining me in this program. And thanks to our soccer Sherpa, Simon Vaness. Real quick, wanted to mention that the Orlando Pride got a much-needed victory over the Washington Spirit over the weekend. That puts them at 2-2-8. Two, two, and eight. Ten points for the Orlando Pride that's 10 under the red line, which seems like a lot, but it's only 12 out of first comparatively. And the Orlando Pride will finally get back nine World Cup players that have been playing for the Orlando Pride. Alex Morgan, Ashlyn Harris, Ali Krieger, Marta, Camilla, Emily Van Egmond, Alana Kennedy, Shalina Zadorsky, and Claire Emsley, Emsley, ah, excuse me, Emsley. Easy for me to say. All returning to the Orlando Pride. It's real tough to win when you have that many talented players out. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you very much. We'll be back here at 8 p.m. next week on FM 96.9 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. This is Orlando Derby. Thank you for listening. Please do so often and tell 10 friends.